ESPN Los Angeles. Your city, your teams, your station. 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show presented by Cedar Sinai. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. He's infectious, and I can say that because I'm a doctor. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Roberto Clapperio. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Wow. This is the great Johnny Lang. I think he's playing this song. He's only 16 years old. He is a prodigy. What a voice. But his movement or with his fingers around that guitar is special. But Johnny Lang like Eric Clapton, like Keith Richards. They're the greatest ice cream you can imagine. That's the category I put them in. But there is something actually special and better and creamier and richer than gelato and ice cream. And it's called frozen custard. Who is frozen custard in the world of music? As a guitar player, It's the great Eddie Van Halen. Why is Eddie Van Halen frozen custard, you ask? Dr. Clapper has outdone himself today. This is the craziest topic ever. But think about it. You want ice cream gelato to be richer and creamier? Then you got to have less air in it, smaller ice particles. And you might as well crack an egg and add it to the ingredients of the ice cream and gelato. When you put an egg in, it becomes richer. Instead of mixing it in a bucket, you run it through a tube, a skinny tube. You get the air out, smaller ice particles, you get a concoction called frozen custard that's special. Well, Eddie Van Halen was a terrific piano player. He won a prize as a kid in a piano competition. So when his brother started playing the guitar as a kid, he said, I think I'm going to play the guitar in addition to the piano. One of the things Eddie Van Halen loves about the guitar is when he can rotate it 90 degrees and lay it on his thigh and see the strings like piano keys, he taps on the, on the strings, not strumming them like you just heard Johnny Lang do and Eric Clapton. He taps on the strings like tapping on the piano keys. Eddie Van Halen is using the long skinny part of the guitar, not the big bucket part of the car, guitar to make something special. He makes frozen custard with that guitar. In 1978, he played a song in their very first album, a guitar solo called Eruption, where for the first time, he starts tapping the strings. Changed the world of music. 
Let's listen to Phil, a really smart guitar player and analyst, talking about the revolution, the frozen custard from ice cream and music that Eddie Van Halen is. Let's go to number one. I just quickly want to jump in here because tiny little details like the fact that Eddie, in that stretch that we have in the Eruption solo, if you played it yourself, he gets the guitar just to rest on his leg. And this is what I say about a lot of top players getting the correct position of the guitar in order to make the stretch to get every note really nice and clean. All the players do it, and sometimes people watching might think it's just to look cool, to pop the guitar up onto your thigh. Number two. How everybody gets their own unique techniques, depending on how they're throwing these notes together. Eddie would do exactly the same thing. He played for his own physiology. It's the only way you can get up to this technical ability level by manufacturing your own way of playing particular techniques to make them the most efficient you can for the size of your hands, the size of your arms. You have to play the most efficient way for your own physiology. So if you're trying to copy something that another player is doing and doing it exactly the same way, chances are your hands are slightly smaller or slightly bigger. So you'll have to adapt your technique ever so slightly in order to perfect it for your own physiology. So instead of holding the guitar the way you typically hold it, he rotates it horizontally. Number three. There are so many techniques that just fly along at you, just hit you in the face at a million miles an hour. Something that I want to draw your attention to is the lack of anchoring that Eddie had when he was playing through that alternate picking. Everybody knows this section from Eruption, but it, again, is just a unique technique for himself number four a lot of people will rest on the guitar they'll maybe anchor the little finger on the body of the guitar or like eddie does for most of his playing is rest the palm on the bridge of the guitar which also comes in handy for palm muting but just having that total freedom in the hand is just the way that he does it in order to get that speed with the alternate picking number six and Eddie Van Halen, as a player, the sounds that he was making with the guitar hadn't been heard before because of a variety of factors. First of all, his technical ability, his expression with the guitar, but also his imagination with the guitar. Because 1978 was when Van Halen, the album, came out, which had Eruption on it. So let's just put that in perspective. 1978. It was recorded in 77. It's just like ice cream's ingredients. They already exist. Frozen custard takes those ingredients by adding an egg and making it through thin tubes rather than a bucket makes it better. That's what Eddie Van Halen did. Number 10. And let's dispel another myth that Van Halen invented tapping. And this is what made it so impressive as well, is that tapping had been around for ages. And there were other guitarists at the time, late 70s, early 80s, who were very advanced with tapping techniques. And they might do three, four, five, six finger tapping. But Eddie Van Halen made it sound unique to him. Number 11. 
We know it's great, but why is it great? And what set Eddie Van Halen apart from all of those other players, especially in the 80s, who were doing the same technique, but they weren't sounding like Eddie Van Halen? What was he doing in order to have such a unique sound with one particular technique? It's the one thing that always has been and always will be. The ability for you as a musician to turn your technical ability on your instrument into expression and melody. Mm. This is the brilliance of tapping the guitar by turning it on its side. This is what made Eddie Van Halen like Frozen Custard to me. Well, what about in sports? I thought all week long, all right, you already have a sport. How do you modify it like they did with frozen custard from ice cream and make it richer and make it better? And the sport that came to mind was volleyball. It took the ingredients that are already being used in sports, tennis, badminton, handball, basketball, soccer and William G. Morgan took all those ingredients, took the ice cream ingredients, added an egg. What's the egg? He created a brand new ball. He got a hold of the Spalding company who made basketballs and baseballs and said, I need you to make me a better egg, a better, a lighter ball. Like an egg, which has a shell, the yolk, the white, three ingredients. So there's a rubber bladder, there's a cheesecloth around it, and there's leather on the outside. It took a hundred years before they changed the design of the volleyball. He needed it to be light so that it could go over the net, not heavy like a basketball. But William Morgan was after making a richer life for people who was, weren't athletic. That was his aim. You gotta be pretty physically fit to play basketball. That's not for everybody. But what about the folks who can't be that athletic? They've got a game where they just have to stand there and tap the ball, either to their player on their team next to them or over the net. But you get the same rush of winning a point, of being on a team, it's a genius idea when you think about it. Let's get into the game of volleyball and why it actually reminds me of modifying ice cream to make frozen custard. Let's listen to the history of volleyball, number one. William G. Morgan is the inventor of volleyball. Um, he was born in Buffalo, New York, and he actually went to Northfield Mount Hermon. And while he was there, he met James Naismith and Naismith, as we all know, invented basketball in 1891. And so Naismith found Morgan and recruited him to go to Springfield College actually to play football. And while he was at Springfield, he learned a lot about YMCA's, about training, and so got an offer to come to Holyoke and be their physical education director. And number two? So while he was in Holyoke, he was trying to find different ways to sort of work out what's a, a good way for a businessman on his lunch hour to still get some exercise. And so he came up with volleyball. And he just borrowed from any sport that he could think of. He took the net from tennis. He took the ball from basketball. He took using the hands from handball. He took uh, nine innings, was actually one of the first rules in the game. So it was similar to a baseball game. And um, the rest was sort of history after that. 
And number three. Basic start of it was really through William Morgan and the YMCA, where he was able to get it out to all the other physical education directors in the country, um, just through rule books, and said, "Here's something that we're doing. You might think it's interesting. Why don't you try it out?" And from there, it just absolutely took off. The egg that he added is the actual ball itself, the volleyball. But two years after he invents it, he got no money for inventing volleyball. He left the world of physical education to get a job for General Electric to make a living. And when he's interviewed later, they say to him, you didn't get a single dime for inventing this amazing game. How does that make you feel? And his response is beautiful. William Morgan says, I'm content in the knowledge that the game brought a richer life to millions of people around the world. He created the ball, he created an egg, he added it to the already known ingredients, these other games that he used to borrow from those ingredients and made a richer sport, a richer life for people. Who's the best to ever play the game of volleyball? And does he remind me of the world of frozen custard? Yes, his name is Karch Karai. Because different than Michael Jordan, the best in the game of basketball, different from Wayne Gretzky, the best in the world of hockey. Michael Jordan can't coach basketball. Wayne Gretzky is not coaching hockey players to the extent he was on the ice himself as a player. But the greatest volleyball player who ever played, Karch Karai, is actually one of the best coaches who ever coached the game of volleyball. And to that extent, he's better than ice cream. He's better than gelato. Karch Karai is frozen custard. Let's listen to his coach from UCLA, where he won three championships. Al Skates, who won, I think, the most number of championships in NCAA history. The legendary volleyball coach who coached Karch Karai. Let's listen to him talk about how great and why Karch Karai was so great. Number one. Japan is supposed to beat us, and the head coach of that team said we would not win a set. This was the all-star team of Japan. So we go to Tokyo Stadium where the Olympics were, and we're playing on concrete. We had trained on concrete. I mean, when I taught school, the kids played on the blacktop, and those little kids dove on the ground, but my guys didn't want to dive on the concrete. So we're down two to oh, and all of a sudden, Karch runs and flat out dives on the concrete, brings the ball back, and we start playing defense. All the guys start jumping on the concrete, and uh, we come back and win. Number two, this is Karch talking about being a coach. I love working with this group. Um, these women are really hardworking really dedicated, really powerful, and also just always hungry to get better. That's a powerful combination. And they're also really about making somebody else better. And number three. That's very special for him to be the national women's coach, which means he's going to be the Olympics coach. Right now, the girls are, are, his girls are rated number one in the world. And 
he hadn't had a lot of coaching experience, but his playing experience was phenomenal. Karch won four, no, three championships as a player and one as an assistant coach. And we only lost five matches while Karch played for us. So, yeah, I could see he was special. Michael Jordan handles ice cream in Redondo Beach. And Wayne Gretzky is the best gelato. Chow, beta, Chow Bella gelato. You can get it at Gelson's. Karch Karai is different. He's better. He's frozen custard because he can not only dominate his sport as a player, but he also is the best coach. Finally, let's listen to Karch Karai explain that concept. Number, number four. A couple of things come to mind if somebody mentions me in the same breath as uh, Michael Jordan or Wayne Gretzky. Number one is it's a huge compliment, but I can't be Michael and I can't be Wayne. I just got to be me. And then the other thing that's almost a bit of a, a warning in some sense, uh, often people who've had great success as athletes don't make the best coaches because they take it for granted like well this should be easy you know I, you just you just do this or just uh, they can't necessarily verbalize what it is that needs to be done or demonstrate it properly and so um, trying to be the best coach that I can be knowing that I have to make fewer assumptions based on the success I had as an athlete you want to be special you want to be richer in life Eddie Van Halen on the guitar, Karch Karai and the game of volleyball. To me, they represent what frozen custard is compared to the world of ice cream. Coming up next, we're gonna get into it from two people who know a lot about frozen custard. My guests, Martha and Nasir. <laughs> I can't wait to talk to them about owning this franchise, Rita's Frozen Custard here in Los Angeles. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior show presented by Cedar sinai What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. That's right. Mahalo. Aloha. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior show with Dr. Clapper. Ahui hoy. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. You're listening to the great Stevie Ray Vaughan. In essence, he's the greatest ice cream, but he ain't frozen custard. Joining me now are two people who know a lot about the difference between ice cream and frozen custard. Martha and Nasir, thanks so much for getting up early to be with us. Hi, Dr. Clapper. Thanks for having us. Hi, Dr. <laughs> so much for giving opportunity thank you so much really appreciate that you're welcome this year hey listen i got a picture sent to me yesterday because in between my surgeries i'm doing shoulders and knees and hips in two rooms at cedars and i took a break to eat lunch and in the lunchroom comes my favorite foot and ankle surgeon dr tim charlton and he said so what's going to be on the show tomorrow and i said i'm going to talk about frozen custard in sports in art and in life and he said, what's frozen custard? So he went and he's got a picture in front of your place 
happily with a big smile on his face. So already the weekend warriors are coming to your place, which is, tell us the location first. Uh, our location is 11073 West Pico Boulevard, Los Angeles, California, 90064. It's the busiest intersection in Los Angeles between Sepulveda and Pico. Cross the seat of Unawald Lumber Store. And it's, wow. you know, been there for almost 50 years. So, you know, it's everybody recognized where this place is. <laughs> so before we get into frozen custard, which I find to be fascinating and delicious, I want them, them being the weekend warriors, to know who you guys are. I think you're the most interesting couple that I've ever met in the world of surgery in my life. Oh, and you. I just would love to know. Let's, ladies first. Martha, okay. where did you grow up? What did your dad do for a living? And where did nursing as an idea enter your life? Okay, well, I'm, I'm from here. I'm a local. Um, what high school? Uh, St. Monica High in Santa Monica. Oh, got it. Okay. So I'm always been on the West Side, and my dad has always been in restaurants. Really? Uh, yeah, particularly Mexican restaurants. Really? So, yeah, and I worked as a really little kid, you know, busting tables and washing dishes, and you know, serving the you know the customers that you know water and napkins, setting the table. So I've always had that you know restaurant, you know, serving people mentality. And, and nursing? Uh, Where did nursing come from? Nursing came from you know my sister got really ill. She had several surgeries, big surgeries, and as a small you know kid teen, I used to dress her her wounds and her, she had shoulder surgery, open shoulder surgery. And right, I used to, because she had back in those days, they did them both at the same time, open, open surgery, open shoulder surgery with rods and pins and just crazy hardware. And I used to dress her wounds. And ever since then, I always wanted to be a nurse, surgical nurse. Mm -hmm. I've been doing surgeries whew, more than 20 years now. And how did you meet Nasir? At work. <laughs> at work, we had the office romance. Actually, the surgery romance. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Fun time. Me yeah. and him. We got in trouble for kissing once too. <laughs> <laughs> now, Seer, tell us about your past. Where did you okay. grow up? What did your dad do for a living? My my dad was uh it was an import export carpet when I was growing up. And also, he was uh, 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 like the CFO of a uh, uh, hospital back home in Pakistan. So, and, uh, and that's how I, I, you know, I started when I was growing up and, you know, following him around. And that's how I got really interested in the surgery. And that's how I became an OR tech back home. And uh, I used to work in a trauma hospital doing a lot of orthopedic surgery. Uh, and then after that, I came here when I was in my 20s, and yeah. uh, and I've become a tech. Wow. I started at Brockton Center, then I was, and then I started working at Century City Hospital. Mm -hmm. and that um, I'm still working in uh, outpatient surgery centers. It's just incredible. I've known the two of you for 25 years, 30 years, and yeah. I got to tell you. You guys are some of the happiest people that I've ever met. You have oh. a true passion for life. 
And it is a real joy to really know the two of you and to know that you're together is great. So there I am in the lunchroom at the surgery center and Martha <laughs> says, what's new? I tell her what's new in my life. And then she says, well, let me tell you about what's new in our life. And she tells me you own a frozen custard, which is so special for Los Angeles because here everybody only knows frozen yogurt and ice cream and ices and, and, and gelato, but frozen custard, that's from the Midwest. I would almost take a plane ride to Wisconsin just to have frozen custard, but you don't have to do that anymore. You can just go to Pico and Sepulveda and go to your place. So tell us, how the hell did this come about that you got into the frozen custard business? Well, you know, Dr. Clapper, after being a trauma call for 25 years, you know, and getting called every night and, you know, and being called in at all hours of the night, you know, for gunshot mm -hmm. wounds, stab wounds, you know, emergency C-section. So, you know, we, we really wanted to do something lighter and happier. So, mm. you know, our homework and, and, and we started to investigate the new companies in, in, in our area. So we find out Rita is our, came up as the company because we recognize the growth potential. It was still a very big deal back east, you know, and Midwest, mm -hmm. and very popular there. So we decided to create the same popularity here in LA, and there was a great opportunity. And now we are the very proud owner of Rita's Italian Ice Custard for the last six years now. Wow, unbelievable. Now, is there really a Rita, or is it just a made up name? No, no, uh, no. Martha will explain it. Yeah, yeah, there is a Rita. Yeah, Rita is the wife of a former Philadelphia firefighter, also in healthcare. His name is Bob Tomolo. He's the founder. He founded Rita's in 1984, and he purchased the recipes from an elderly neighbor. And that's how he started. He adjusted the recipes. He added real fruit. He enhanced the flavors. And in 1989, uh, they franchised the company. And today, there's over 600 locations in over 30 states. So Rita's his wife, the founder's wife. And she's, they're both still alive and well back east. So I did my research on what exactly is frozen custard. And I came up with the fact that there are two key elements that make it so much better than ice cream. One is the egg that's added to the mixture. Not a raw egg, it's clearly a cooked egg, but an egg. And the second is, it's not made like ice cream in a big bucket, but it's made by putting it through long skinny tubes, which keeps the air out and makes the ice crystals smaller. That's what makes it richer and creamier. So I came up with, because if you listen to the show, where in sports, where in art do we see this idea of frozen custard? So I want to play a soundbite for the both of you to hear about, in my opinion, in music, when Eddie Van Halen took the guitar and turned it 90 degrees to rest on his thigh and started to tap the, the strings like a piano on the skinny part, the skinny tube, if you will, Ice cream, the big bucket, he's not using the big bucket. He's using a long, skinny tube to play the guitar now. But I want you to listen, and I want, as a frozen custard expert, what do you hear in this analysis 
of Eddie Van Halen. Rebecca, let's play number 11. No, it's great, but why is it great? And what set Eddie Van Halen apart from all of those other players, especially in the 80s, who were doing the same technique, but they weren't sounding like Eddie Van Halen? What was he doing in order to have such a unique sound with one particular technique? It's the one thing that always has been and always will be. The ability for you as a musician to turn your technical ability on your instrument into expression and melody. So tell us, you got all the technology, you got the store, but expression, melody, what's it like to own a frozen custard store? Wow, but it's it's just great. It's been a journey for sure. It's a lot of hard work and a lot of cleaning, a lot of cleaning. <laughs> and it's happiness, really, because a lot of our customers come into our store happy and they really are happy when they leave. <laughs> Get that joy with every single customer when they come in. They come in singing, they come in dancing, they come in clapping. As a matter of fact, sometimes the little kids are, they're just dancing inside the store, you know. I mean, they're so happy. It's wow. All day long. It's, it's incredible. It sounds like a, you know, a fairy tale, but it's true. People are genuinely happy, especially the folks that come from back east. Ooh, they're really happy. Right, now. right. All right, I want to play another soundbite for you because in the world of sports, I think the whole sport of volleyball is frozen custard in the sense that it borrowed the ingredients of ice cream and added an egg. It added this unique ball that floats in the air, the volleyball. But the greatest player to play it also sounds like frozen custard to me, Karch Karai, because unlike the greatest ice cream in sports, Michael Jordan, the greatest gelato in sports, Wayne Gretzky, they can't coach. They can play their sport well, but the ability to coach at a high level as well as play at the high is this guy, Karch Karai. And I want to play the soundbite because you can bring all that technology you want and all that joy, but that experience from the hospital, I want to know what that adds to running that custard shop. Listen to this soundbite. This is number four, Karch Karai. A couple of things come to mind if somebody mentions me in the same breath as uh, Michael Jordan or Wayne Gretzky. Number one is it's a huge compliment, but I can't be Michael and I can't be Wayne. I just got to be me. And then the other thing that's almost a bit of a, a warning in some sense, uh, often people who've had great success as athletes don't make the best coaches because they take it for granted like well this should be easy you know I, you just you just do this or just uh, they can't necessarily verbalize what it is that needs to be done or demonstrate it properly and so um, trying to be the best coach that I can be knowing that I have to make fewer assumptions based on the success I had as an athlete. The two of you are such hard workers how do you get your employees to be the same way as you? How do you get to be a great coach to other folks to work as hard with the passion that the two of you have? It's, it's a work in progress for sure. 
it's a work in progress, and uh, we instilled those work ethics at a very young age. Our workers are young. A lot of our workers are first-time uh, jobs with us, and mm-hmm. so they're still learning as when we did when we first started working at our first job. And mm-hmm. so we're constantly next to them instilling that work work ethic, instilling that you know, hard work pays off and stilling, you know, you got to, you know, work hard to get anywhere in life. And, and they're still young and they get it. They get mm-hmm. it. They, they look up to us and, and they see us as, as an example for them. And, and we show them, look at, we started where you started too, from the ground up mm-hmm. and you know, hard work. You can, you can get somewhere in life. You just got to keep at it. And we're, we keep at them too. Trust me. And Nasir, what's the most popular flavor, uh, and why, in your opinion, is it the most popular treat for people to get? I think Sister Gelati is the number number one <clears throat> because it's ninety percent of the people uh, so they can have custard ice and custard, and you can layer it. <laughs> Bottom ice goes in the middle and custard on top of it. That's like a ninety percent of gelati, you know, and. <laughs> And I think the second, second, it's uh, concrete, uh, like a mud slice or, you know, all your cookie pieces uh, blending with the vanilla custard, very thick and rich. And also the milkshakes. Milkshakes are, it's, it's just, uh, you know, uh, cookies and milkshake, uh, strawberry shortcake milkshake. These are very, very popular treats. Very popular treats. Yeah. yeah. Mangoes are number one what? flavor, though. Mango. 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 Everyone loves it's a mango. Nice, yeah. Is that mango custard, mango ices, mango gelato? What is what? What are you doing with mango? Mango water ice. It's Italian ice. Italian ice flavored. I never had that. I got to come back and try that. Oh my god! Do you, do you have chocolate ices? Yes, we do. We have chocolate. We have every day. We have at least fourteen different flavors. Oh my god. You know, you can tell in both of your voices how excited you are because you know what it's like to heal people. The two of you have been, you've devoted your lives to caring for humanity. Who would imagine that owning this place could essentially treat with the cure being happiness through a whole nother mechanism? It's not just owning a restaurant. You're owning a frozen custard place and bringing joy and happiness, which has got to be the greatest medicine that you'll never see in the hospital. I'm so proud of the two of you, and I'm so happy that you got to join us this morning. Thanks so much for getting up early to be with us. Thank you so much. We really, really, really appreciate that. Thank Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Clapper. We really appreciate it. Okay. All right. And Martha, I'll see you on Monday at the surgery center. Thank you so much, Dr. Clapper. See you okay. soon. Take care. Talk, talk to you guys later. No problem. Martha and Nasir, Rita's frozen custard. Treat yourself today. And tell them Dr. Clapper sent you on the corner of Pico and Sepulveda, across from the lumber yard. Just think, you're going to be across from a lumber yard, which is where I have, outside of a surf shop, I think that's the happiest place I'll ever be. And now you get to have frozen custard across the street. This is like George Costanza having a bologna sandwich under the pillow while he's having sex with his girlfriend.
It doesn't get better than this. Coming up next, the clinic will be open. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar sinai Going on, L.A., this is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. With hair on top of my head. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Talk about guitar playing. This is it. Eric Clapton. He's still around. Making his fingers dance upon that guitar strings like nobody else. Awesome. All right, we'll do a quick segment. I have to tell you where the best sandwich is for me in L.A., When I go to Europe, because you know I love to sculpt, I love going to Italy. But the food that you get in Italy is like none other. The pasta, we can go on and on. But if you ask me where's the best sandwich I ever had in the world, it's in France. Because they make bread like nobody else. Their butter is unique. There's salt in that butter. And the greatest sandwich I've ever had is just from a simple bakery deli where they take the baguette, they smear some salted butter on it, and they put the thinnest slice of ham. That's it. It's called a jambon sandwich. Jambon is French for ham. My mouth is watering already. It's because of the crunch of that baguette and the creamy butter and the ham. It's just a single slice. This is why they're so skinny. Because they're not eating a giant sandwich like we usually are. But the flavor, the taste, that crunch of the bread starts it all off. It almost doesn't matter what's inside. If the bread is that amazing, you already have 99% of the reason to have a sandwich figured out. So if you ask me in LA, if I was going to open a sandwich shop, what would be my main focus? Yeah, the turkey is key. The salami is great. The, the ham is great. Whatever you tuna fish, whatever you want to put in it, that's fine. We can talk about that. But you better start with making the best bread. And in fact, what a great idea. Maybe you should call the place. It's all about the bread. Well, someone did. Near my hospital, Cedar sinai Melrose almost to La Brea, past Formosa, is a sandwich place that I went to this week called It's All About the Bread. That bread, that long, thin tube of a roll, speaking of frozen custard, that they make this sandwich on, you take that bite and that crunch from the exterior crust and the softness of what's inside Yeah, I got a turkey sandwich, but trust me, it didn't matter what I put it in. It's all about the bread. Best sandwich you're going to have in L.A. Unbelievable. Check it out if you want this week. All right, coming up next, last segment. I want to talk about next week. 
my guest. Well, we'll get into it. It'll be a tribute show to the Lakers, to Kobe Bryant. We're going to talk all about it next week, but I'll explain. Coming up next on the Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar sinai What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. What? Who are you? What did you just say? Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. He's chiseled out of marble. He's got 48 chest and a 32-inch waist. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. You're listening to Eddie Van Halen. Just listen to that. How fast his fingers are moving across those guitar strings. The song is called Eruption. It was a revolution in the idea of how to play the guitar. Just like frozen custard is a revolution in how to make ice cream better. Adding an egg and making it through a skinny tube. So much fun today thinking about how to make your life special like frozen custard don't forget rita's frozen custard shop across from the anawal lumber yard pico and sepulveda and tell them dr clapper sent you all right let's take a call before we close out let's go to wendy she's been hanging on the line sorry about that wendy you're talking to dr clapper that's okay good morning thank you for taking my call um oh my pleasure wendy tell me again how old you are and what do you do for a living well, I just turned 60, and I'm a registered nurse, working some long oh. hours, doing the on-call thing. God yes. bless you, Wendy. <laughs> Thank you. You know, taking care, <laughs> taking care of professional athletes and movie stars is a lot of fun after 31 years in L.A., but the number one person I love taking care of are nurses, nurses, Aww. school teachers, but nurses at the top of the list because my mom was a nurse, so... In my office, you are the VIP of VIPs. And if you ever came to my office, you would see hanging on the wall a picture of my mom in her nursing cap graduating from nursing school in 1942. And my wife and I made an award at Cedars in nursing in honor of my mother. And we started that in 2003. Uh, so it's 17 years it's going on. So. I'm going to take my time with you, and I'm going to help you out, and it's my pleasure, and I'm thanking you. So go ahead. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, you know, I've been having um, issues with my left hip now for the last couple of years, some stiffness and then lack of mobility when I'm stretching and doing yoga. And then, um, and then now when I'm tired, I, I start to limp. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and the pain hasn't gotten, it's not too bad, but there's uh, intermittent achings at some nights. So anyway, I got an MRI um, last week, or um, last week, and so this is the result. Um, find All right, so read me, Wendy, Wendy, read me the impression, please. Okay, um, it says, for this one, it says findings. Findings? No, don't read, don't read findings. Look for where it says impression and read it slow so I can translate it for you in clap revision. Okay. Um, left, uh, large left hip effusion. So that means, stop right there, that means something is irritating the inside of the joint. Here's the clap revision. It's like getting poked in the eye. You, it hurts, but you get red and swollen. 
getting red and swollen is the inflammatory response to the trauma of getting poked in the eye. Well, when you lose the cartilage in the hip, you actually traumatize because the bones rub against each other. You get swelling in the joint. The fancy word for that, effusion. Go ahead. Um, second one says severe degenerative disease. Okay, so the, the, the adjective, the word severe means to the radiologist who's reading it because they have choices. They could use the word mild. They could use the word normal. They could use the word moderate. They could use the word advanced. But the depiction of bone on bone, the depiction of you got no more tread on your tires, your tires are bald, is the word severe. So you now have taken this hip from the option of arthroscopy, which I do, just like a meniscus in your knee, there's a meniscus in the hip called the labrum, you are not a candidate anymore. Why? Because you're, here's a clapper vision, you're not presenting to me with a crack in the linoleum in the kitchen, you're presenting to me with massive termites in the wood flooring under the linoleum, you better not just give me new linoleum. So severe hurts just to hear the word, but it means that the cartilage is completely gone and you're bone on bone. So please do not let them give you a shot of cortisone, stem cells, synvisc, PRP. I don't want anyone sticking a needle into your hip, please. There's a book I wrote with Linda Huey called Heal Your Hips. It's all about exercises, mostly in the pool, but there are some on land, and it will help you immensely. And it'll be my pleasure, it'll be my honor, if you want, for me to help take care of you. You win the prize today. You can call my office on Monday. You, you tell him that you spoke to Dr. Clapper, and he said you can come see him this week. Usually it'll take a little while to get an appointment, but you, here's the prize. You get to come see me whenever you want. It'll be my honor and pleasure to be able to take care of you. And we're going to do everything we can to be holistic first, because here's the yeah. one thing that severe also means, Wendy. It means that there's absolutely no clock ticking. In other words, do I have to have surgery right away? They told me I'm young. I might as well do it while I'm young. Bop, bop everybody's got an agenda. You know what my agenda is, Wendy? To make sure you get taken care of the best possible way. There is no clock ticking. Here are the two tipping points for you to decide it's time for surgery. And I do a lot of hip surgery. But here's the criteria I make all my patients go through. One, how bad is the pain? Hip surgery is so much fun for me for one reason. No other joint in the body wakes you up from a deep sleep. Three to four times your body weight goes through your hip, just rolling over in bed at night. A bad ankle ain't going to wake you up. A bad back's not going to wake you up. But your hip will because so much force goes through the joint just rolling over. So when you get to the point where you can't sleep, Having sex is painful. Putting your shoes and socks on is difficult. 
clipping your toenails is impossible. You look at a staircase with dread or you don't want to park your car here because it's too far from the front door. That's more symptoms out of your hip. That's one tipping point. Here's the second tipping point that you now say, Dr. Clapper, now my back hurts. Okay, if you start screwing up innocent bystanders joints, your other hip, your back, your knee, then it's time for you to take care of your hip. And it's done minimally invasively. What does that mean? You don't cut the muscle. We've had on this show call in a patient of mine. Remember Captain Kirk, William uh -huh. Shatner? He's uh -huh. 87 years old. He did his hip. He went home the next day and rode his horse three weeks later. It's a different uh -huh. operation than what we used to do 31 years ago. It's called minimally invasive for a reason. So, Wendy, it'll be my pleasure to help you. Don't let them give you shots or talk you into it. Get the book, Heal Your Hips. And I want to thank you. For me to be able to help a nurse really makes me feel, makes me think of my mom and makes me really happy. So whatever you need me for, you got me. Until next week, Weekend Warriors, I'll see you on the radio. Nel cielo in